Jake here. Thank you for taking a trip to the past with me. The original podcast version of The Americans will be released weekly, but if you don't want to wait, then go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. You'll receive access to all of The Americans as well as early release novels, audiobooks, and other exclusive extras. That's jakebible.substack.com. Now enjoy the original podcast production of The Americans. Cheers. Warning. This podcast reading is for mature audiences only. You will not be warned again. Welcome to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans, book two in the Dead Mech Apex Trilogy. The Americans is a side quill to Dead Mech, meaning it takes place simultaneously with book one. You can listen to this novel first or start with Dead Mech. Go to jakebible.com for more information on this podcast, Dead Mech, and other fiction by Jake Bible. Enjoy. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Americans. I'm going to make this intro real short, um, just because, well, I'm having issues with my microphone. So I'm actually going to be sending it off to the manufacturer and they're going to send me a replacement. But I don't know how long that will take. So, needless to say, there will not be an episode next week, being Christmas and all. That's just going to be too much to do. And there may not be an episode on New Year's, just because I don't know when I'm going to get the microphone back to be able to do intros and whatnot. And I want to do a good intro for the final episode. So, this is this is second to the last. The episode that gets released after this one is the final one. And, um, you know, that's, that's really all I got to say on that. The other thing is, is for everybody who's been worried whether or not we would actually, um, have a, we would actually have a, boy, I'm not doing too good on the non-rambling, am I? Blah. Anyway, um, you want to know whether the third novel is going to be podcast. It does sound like it will. I found someone who's willing to produce it. David Sokobiak. He's a really good guy. Really good guy. Good guy that way. He's a good guy. Have I mentioned a good guy? That's because he's pulling my bacon out of the fire and he's going to produce it. So all I have to do is record those sweet words you've come to love. And he'll chop it up and make it all happen and then send it back to me. And I'll add my little intro and then we'll send it out to the world and voila. So that is going to save me a ton of time. Ton of time. And I can't thank David enough. So that's about it. Hey, if you get a chance, please back Stark. We're funded for the first novella. If we can fund that second novella, that would be awesome. Everyone would get double rewards. It would be an outstanding thing for the end of the year. And um, Americans is on sale. <laughs> Americans is on sale in print, people. Print. So you got to go get you some. You can, um, gee, do I have the link up on my website right now? I may not have the link up on the website. I will have to put that link up. Look for it in Amazon. It'll be under me because that's me. Jake Bible, Amazon, woohoo, Americans. So the print is available. Um, I don't know how soon you could get it shipped to you for Christmas, but it might be, you know, good use of gift cards after the year. And that's about it. I am done rambling because um, the way I have to hold this USB mic and the um, cord is making my hand cramp, and that sucks. So real super quick ramble, and we're done. All right, enjoy the second to the last episode. This will leave you with a few questions, and that last episode is going to be a doozy. Like I said, it may not happen till after the first of the year. We shall see. All right, everybody, have a good holiday. Have a good new year. Cheers.
Chapter 34 Beth found a seat in the hold as far back as she could. Her head was killing her, and she honestly wondered if she wasn't going to throw up. You okay? Billy asked, startling her. Beth shook her head and smiled. Yeah, I'm fine, just really tired. And a bad liar. What's really going on? Beth looked towards the front. Promise you won't say anything to Mel? Tell me what's going on first. No, you have to promise you won't tell Mel. Billy sighed. Fine. I promise I won't tell her outright, but I can't make any guarantees if she threatens me. Beth grinned and leaned back against the hole. Headache. Happens each time I manipulate B.C. Let me guess, they're getting worse with every manipulation? Beth nodded. This is a bad one. Kind, kind of made me dizzy back there. Like I was going to pass out. Well, I'm not going to even pretend I understand how you do what you do. I don't think anyone knows how I do what I do. True, but I'm willing to bet it strains your body and your mind past healthy levels. Probably like doing a ton of zip scabs without eating first. Spins you up and then sends you crashing. I'll take your word for it, Beth laughed. Billy frowned. That, th that wasn't a judgment. Sorry, I'm just so tired. Billy patted her on the leg and stood up. Then rest. I'll keep everyone away from you if I can. Thanks, Billy, Beth yawned. I, I appreciate it. Well, you've saved my ass too many times in only a few days. I think running interference while you nap is the least I can do. So how bad is she? Melissa asked as Billy came up front. She's fine, Billy lied. Bullshit! Don't make me rip your nipples off and shove them in your eyes, Melissa growled. Damn, Mel! Why does everything have to be so violent with you? No decent male role models, I guess. Fuck you, Mel, Billy said and turned. Before he could go, Melissa grabbed his arm. I'm, I'm sorry, Billy. You don't deserve that after everything we've been through the past few days. Billy looked at Desmond. You heard that, right? She, she did say that. <laughs> Leave me out of it, Desmond grunted. Don't be a dick, Billy, Melissa scolded. I said what I said and I meant it. Don't make me take it back. Fine. Thank you, Mel. And that means a lot. They were silent for a bit. So what's wrong with Beth? Melissa asked finally. I knew you were just buttering me up. Melissa didn't push, just waited patiently. Fine, Billy continued. Her head hurts, and it's getting worse every time she works with B.C. That happens to some ghosts, though, right? Sometimes. Not usually. We need to keep an eye on her. She's not really like the rest of us. She's a freak, Beth asked from behind them both. Billy started to apologize, but Beth stopped him. Don't worry, Billy. I figured she'd get it out of you. She leaned against Melissa's seat. I guess it's like a migraine, but almost full body. That sucks. Melissa responded. You gonna be okay? For now, yes. Good. Just rest. We'll let you know if we run into anything else. Beth nodded and made her way back again. Melissa and Billy shared a worried glance. The spiders crested the hill and stopped, surveying the wiggling mass of black flesh below them. They watched as hundreds of chunks moved towards each other, combining and reforming as they made contact. Soon, several large creatures stood between the spiders and their quarry. The spiders and the monsters waited, soundlessly. Then, without warning, they attacked. Metal slammed into dark, rubbery skin and the world exploded into chaos as the creatures roared and the spiders activated their weapons. 
Two spiders were ripped apart, their BC legs snapped off and tossed aside, while tentacles pried their exoskeletons open to reveal the unfortunate pink bodies inside. The things that had once been human were plucked from their protective shells and torn in half, each monster taking a piece for itself. The other spiders took advantage of the creature's distracted eating and pressed their attack. Black flesh once again littered the ground, and the spiders only paused long enough to scan the area, then moved on, their artificially fueled need to hunt driving them forward. How close now? Melissa asked. Uh, four hours away, Desmond yawned. A any signs of trouble? Melissa yawned in return as she checked the scanners. Nothing I can see, but that doesn't mean much. Wildlife seems to have a natural ability to avoid detection until they start to move. Desmond gave a noncommittal grunt in response and kept his eyes trained forward, watching the shadows outside the HAV's halogens, looking for whatever would come at them next. You need someone to relieve you? Melissa asked, yawning yet again. I'm sure we have a tech back there that can drive this thing. I'll be okay. This isn't my first long haul, Desmond grinned, pulling an injector from his breast pocket. This will get me through the next 12 hours if I need it. It's a bitch of a come down, so I'm trying to avoid it. Okay, but I'm getting a tech to watch the scanners, Melissa said. I can't keep my eyes open anymore. Good call. Get some rest. Billy stirred as Melissa settled next to him, Bess's head resting in his lap. How is she? Melissa whispered. She finally fell asleep an hour ago, Billy whispered back. She's been dreaming the whole time. How about you? Have you gotten any sleep? Off and on, Billy stifled the yawn. I'm too freaked out to really get deep. The HAV came to a sudden halt, jarring everyone inside. What the? Um, I need some ghosts up here now, please, Desmond's voice said over the comm. We have trouble. Beth stirred and sat up. What now? Billy, Melissa, and Beth stared out the windshield at yet another group of new creatures. Those must be the Agori, Beth stated. And a lot of them, Billy added as they all watched what must have been 50 creatures or more stand in the path of the HAV. They just showed up, Desmond said. I looked down to check a reading, and when I looked up, they were there. No warning, nothing. Have they moved? Melissa asked. Not one bit. What are the other HAVs saying? Do they have any agori around them? None that they can see. We have eyes sweeping the area. Can we get a closer look? Beth asked. Really? Closer look? Billy exclaimed. Through the hollow, dumbass, Melissa growled. Billy mumbled something, but everyone ignored him as the hollow came to life. Fuck me, the tech said. Those things are messed up. The hollow showed figures similar to the nanotech zombies, but warped and twisted into creatures that may have been human at one point and were now a jumble of overgrown jaws sporting massively long teeth. Multiple arms and legs, many with long bone spurs piercing their green-black flesh, eyes that bulged and bugged out almost as if they could pop out of the skull and extend if they wanted to, ears that stuck straight out from their heads and turned independently like a cat's, constantly checking the area for sound. The most disturbing parts were the fingers and toes. Incredibly long claws, like a large cat also, protruded from each digit. From the end of each claw and from the teeth dripped yellowish fluid, thick like pus that made the ground sizzle wherever it dropped. Beth and Melissa looked at each other. What do you think, Desmond? Beth asked. Can we drive through them? I don't see why not, Desmond responded. Can we shoot them first? Billy asked. Can we cut them down or torch them? We can try, 
Melissa answered, checking the weapon system. We're out of missiles and RPGs and low on flame. We still have a few thousand rounds for the guns, but those will be empty in minutes. We can make more, Billy suggested. They all looked at him. Whatever materials we have we don't need, we can morph into bullets. That should give us a few thousand more rounds. Good call, Desmond replied. Ghost should be on that. Tex, up here on weapons. Now who's in charge? Melissa grinned. Desmond grinned back. Oh, you are, but I'll be doing everything possible to get our asses safely aboard an American ship. Fair enough, Melissa said, stepping to the back with Beth and Billy. We'll get on the ammo. You guys get on the killing. Desmond focused out the windshield. I'll get the other HAVs on board, and then we'll attack and push through. I'm looking forward to some beach time. I'm looking forward to some no blood and or guts time, Billy hollered back. Just hurry on the at ammo, Desmond shouted. The Agori circled the vehicles. Their deformed bodies crouched low, ready for an attack. Many sniffed at the HAVs, growing excited as the scent of warm, living flesh wafted from the vehicle's ventilation systems. One of the creatures licked the side of an HAV, tasting the splattered blood that had dried and crusted on the hull. Others followed suit, and soon they were shoving and pushing, clawing and biting, each trying to get a taste. Dozens surrounded the vehicles, their fighting rocking the HAVs from side to side. The jockeying for position soon turned to full-on aggression, and several Agori fell to the ground, their heads ripped open by others, their black, sticky brains trampled underfoot and ground into the dirt. An Agori took a swipe at another but missed, its claws raking the side of the HAV, making long, sizzling gouges. Alarms blared, and the tech in the weapons seat turned to Desmond. We have a whole breach. Those things can cut through B.C. How are we coming with the ammo? Desmond shouted. We have about 2,000 more rounds than before, Melissa called back. We might be able to get another 1,000. We can't wait for that, Desmond yelled. He nodded to the tech. Target and open fire. A large caliber gun started firing into the groups of Agori, their bodies jerking and dancing from the impacts. They don't look so tough, the tech said, then gulped as he saw the images on the hollow. Oh, fuck. What? Desmond asked. The slugs aren't doing anything. Look! They get hit, but are fine in a second. Desmond watched the hollows, seeing what the tech saw. Fuck! Looks like the BC is melting on contact. We can't kill these things with bullets! The Agori roared as one and leapt onto the HAVs. Their long claws dug deep furrows into the holes, and the corrosive liquid burned its way through the metal. Bodies were sent flying as the techs in each HAV desperately tried to fight them off, but they wouldn't stop, the bullets dissolving almost instantly as they came in contact with the caustic fluids that flowed through the Igori's undead bodies. The HAV rocked from side to side as the creatures attacked, and Billy's BC work began to suffer. Keep it together, Bess said, seeing the panic in Billy's eyes. You're a ghost. You can handle this. No, I can't, Billy replied. There's reasons I became a junkie, and combat situations one of them. He looked down at his shaking hands. I, I can't do this. Melissa reached out and slapped him across the face, knocking his head back. Suck it up, William, she yelled, or I'll fucking kill you myself. Billy shook his head and rubbed at his cheek. I'll try. Fucking do, Melissa snarled. We don't do try. She turned her attention to the front. Why aren't we moving? I'm trying, Desmond shouted. The drive is pumping out power, but we aren't going anywhere. The Agori slashed at the massive biochrome wheels of all the HAVs, 
dissolving them in seconds, reducing the vehicles to useless hunks of metal on impotent axles. We're dead in the water, Desmond muttered, trying to get the mag drive to override the axles and at least hover forward like most mag vehicles. But he met with no luck, the vehicle too heavy, and soon the drive redlined, nearly frying the whole system before Desmond shut it down. What's going on? Melissa said from behind Desmond. Why, why'd we power down? The tech brought up external hollows and Melissa stared for a moment until Desmond pointed to where the wheels should have been. This isn't the first time these things have come across HAVs, he said. They knew exactly where to hit us. The clawing sounds from atop the HAV grew louder and the tech screamed as acid dripped from above and onto his leg. Oh, fuck! The man screamed as he watched a centimeter hole grow in size until it became fist-sized and they could all see down to his bone. Wash it off me! Help! Melissa started to reach for the man, but Desmond yanked her back as more acid dripped from above. The tech screeched and pleaded until a large drop hit the top of his head, burned through his skull, and dissolved his brain. Desmond sprang from his seat and pushed Melissa to the back. Can you make suits that fight that shit? Melissa looked past Desmond at the liquefied tech. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I think we can. Do it fast or we're all going to be soup. You've been listening to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans. This novel and recording are protected under whatever latest, greatest Creative Commons license is out there currently. Share this all you want. Just don't even try to make a buck off it without the express permission of the author, me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please go to jakebible.com. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the re-release of the original podcast production of The Americans. Don't want to wait each week for a new episode? Go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. Want more audiobooks? Go to jakebible.com for info and access to dozens of Jake Bible fiction audiobooks and ebooks. Cheers.